I tell them usually that, you know, there's always more than one way to get to where you want to go in life. Life is not linear. And if you're not happy and you want to do something else, you can always find a way to do something else. And I had peers in trade school that were in their late 50s and they were just learning to weld. And they were like, like some of them, it was a career thing. And some of them, it was, I want to learn how to do this because I'm retired and I, I've always wanted to do this. So this is what I'm doing now. But that was something that I struggled with. I, I didn't know what to tell people because they were like, well, I'm, I'm in debt now. And I, I feel like I have to do this. And the best advice I could give them at that point was just make sure that you're being yourself. And make sure that you're doing your best. Be true to you, what you want to do, not what other people want you to do. Welcome to the Skill Stadium, a podcast for the skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now, your host, Keith Williams. Thank you for tuning in to the Skill Stadium Podcast, episode 123. I'm your host, Keith Williams. Happy New Year to all listeners. Every week, we feature professionals in the skill trades, hiring managers, business owners, educators, influencers, and people working in the trades who are doing the work, giving real-world advice, telling like it is, no filter. Can you do me a favor, please? If you found value in the podcast, please leave a five-star rating, write a review, share something you enjoyed on the podcast or you learned. Thank you. It means a lot to me. Today's guest is from Atlanta and works as a welder in the theater industry. My guest enjoys creative problem solving and lists attention to detail as a strength. My guest is most proud of working on the set of The White House. Yes, The White House in Washington, D.C., where Elton John performed during my guest's free time. My guest enjoys car shows. And when there's no car shows, my guest is always crafting and building. An interesting fact about today's guest. My guest drives a hearse. Yes, I said a hearse. My guest shares that it's a practical because it has plenty of storage space, you know, for the material and gears that my guests use and can even be used as a bed in the back. Please welcome Haley Rose to the Skill Stadium Podcast. Haley, how are you this morning? I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Excellent, excellent. Haley, first of all, thank you for coming on. And I got to tell you, I was looking over your social media. I love what you're doing. You're just showing your authentic self. I got to ask you, how did you build up such a large audience? Because I see you have a lot of followings and it's a testament to your ability to connect with people, I think. Um, honestly, your guess is about as good as mine. It happened on accident. During the pandemic, I had a little more free time and I made a TikTok account because I knew this is right after I bought the hearse. I knew that I was going to be a little annoying about it. And I was like, well, I don't want to annoy my friends on Instagram, so I'll create this other account. And three videos in, I woke up one morning and I had like 70,000 followers. And it was just out of the blue. I did not expect any of it to happen. It was just a little space for me to share my joy and talk about something that I was a little bit of a nerd about and that made me happy. And it just grew from there. And it was mostly just me answering people's questions. And it grew not just talking about the hearse, but my job and just things about my life. And I'm still not sure how it happened or what I'm doing, but I'm having a great time. <laughs> 
Excellent. Excellent. Well, you look like you are. And, and I, I feel like it shows off your personality because that, that's what struck me right away. It's like, wow, you, you really get a feel for this individual. And that's really what drew my attention. Thank you. I got to ask you, how did you find an online community for hearses? Because that's such a niche. I, I'm curious how you did that. <laughs> it started when I, I started looking to buy a hearse and I was like, well, you can find them on like different like marketplaces online. They're professional car dealerships. And I saw a lot of them on Facebook. So I was like, are there any Facebook groups for this? And there were, there are hearse clubs all over the United States of people who own hearses and drive them recreationally. And I started joining these groups to ask questions about, hey, I'm looking for my first coach. What should I stay away from? What should I be aware of? And I found this community of really supportive, very informative people. And a few months later, I bought my first hearse. That's amazing. That's awesome. It's a testament to the fact that there's anything you want to learn about, any tribe you want to connect with is out there if you look. And I'm always fascinated by that, how people connect with like-minded people. And I think there's so much value in that because it forces you to learn new things. Yes. And it also shows that you don't have to necessarily have, not saying that you don't have to go to school, but you can still learn without actually having to pay for classes or courses. You can learn from others' experiences. Oh, yeah. And that's been a that's been a through line of my entire life. I, I have had so many people in my life who have taught me just things that I would my entire life would be different if I didn't know. And a lot of them, some of them never graduated high school, let alone went to went to a four year college. And that's part of the reason that I knew that trade school was an option for me was that I, I had people in my life who went to trade school who I could ask about it. And that's something that a lot of people don't have. And I was really lucky to have that. Yes, definitely. I think that, you know, the way I see it, just kind of piggybacking on what you said, anything you're trying to do, something is, somebody's already done that. And I don't want to say a fool, but you'd be crazy to not listen to someone who's been down that road. It's like, it's like somebody recommending a restaurant to you, right? We ask for recommendations for restaurants, and that's not nearly as important as selecting a career. But yet we'll take advice from... We'll look at reviews for people we don't even know before going to a restaurant. So you're telling me if you're going to spend your money and time in a career, and, and I'm not saying you personally, I'm just saying in general, that you wouldn't want to talk to somebody who's done it. And that, that's the beauty of these platforms. Yeah, it's, the internet has been a really great tool for a lot of kids to be able to figure out what is actually best for them in their career as opposed to what's expected of them. Then that was that was an issue that I had when I was growing up. You know, I, I went to a school that was a college preparatory school and all of my peers were expected to go to a four year school or, or or longer. And I knew that I don't test well. I have really bad test anxiety and I know I'm a smart cookie and I don't need my grades to prove that to myself. But a lot of my peers did and a lot of my peers have reached out to me since graduating from high school and especially since my platform has grown and been like, I really wish that I had I had gone into something different because while I, I'm a functioning adult, this isn't what I wanted and I was too afraid not to to pursue something that was expected of me. What do you tell your peers when they reach out to you? Because you now have some experience and some wisdom on doing what you want to do. Like what did, what do you tell them when they reach out to you? 
I tell them usually, you know, there's always more than one way to get to where you want to go in life. Life is not linear. And if you're not happy and you want to do something else, you can always find a way to do something else. And I had peers in trade school that were in their late 50s and they were just learning to weld. And they were like, like some of them, it was a career thing. And some of them, it was, I want to learn how to do this because I'm retired and I, I've always wanted to do this, so this is what I'm doing now. But that was something that I struggled with. I didn't know what to tell people because they were like, well, I'm, I'm in debt now and I, I feel like I have to do this. And the best advice I could give them at that point was just make sure that you're being yourself and make sure that you're doing your best to be true to you, what you want to do, not what other people want you to do. I agree. I think there's so much pressure, as you know, just listening to what you're saying about your school, where they were pushing you and guiding you. They were looking for what's best for the school, because I would imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, it's in the school's best interest that they can say all their students went to college. Yeah. It's an agenda. (laughs) Yeah. In fact, my, my school, the high school I went to, you were required to show that you had been accepted into a college program in order to walk across the stage of graduation. And that's how they kept their 100% graduation rate thing that they can put in all of their brochures. And I knew people who didn't get into a college because they either aimed high and didn't get into the programs that they wanted to in the time frame before graduation, or they just didn't want to go to school. And it was a big problem because the school was like, you're not going to graduate. Are you serious? They wouldn't let them graduate if they didn't? Yeah. Wow. Even with the requirement. Yeah. And I was going into a creative field, so I wanted to take more art classes. And I had already finished all of my required core classes. And my senior year, I could have taken four classes in my field. And that could have been my, you know, prep to go into trade school or go into my career. And they wouldn't let me do it. They were like, you have to be enrolled in this many academic classes per semester in order to be enrolled at this school, regardless of whether it was actually preparing me for my future. It's unfortunate that these schools are putting, I call it we want to look good versus we want our kids to be happy. And they're, they're putting vanity ahead of the happiness of the student. Either they're really clueless or they don't care. It's one of the two. I got to believe like, you know, if somebody's telling you, hey, I'm interested in this and you're telling them, no, you have to do that. I don't know. You're either clueless or you don't care about what that person wants to do. It's one of the two. Yeah, I don't get it. And I think that they're missing a huge opportunity because the trades are such a wonderful, a wonderful industry to go into. And it's it's a way that people can can have something to show for their work every day. It's pretty lucrative <laughs> having a, yeah. having a, a useful skill can get you so far in life. And it just seems like they don't get that. There's this weird disconnect with manual labor equals like degrading work. And I don't yeah. understand that. I don't either. But I'll tell you something. If they're objective, and here's why, follow me on this. Imagine they have a student like yourself who excels at the highest level of welding. You are on the cover of Welding Magazine. I don't know if there's a welding magazine, but you are the top of your game versus you taking a job outside of your field and you just did okay, you're ordinary. What would they want? What would they look at and say, hey, that's our student? Everybody wants to look at somebody who's had tremendous success. I don't care what it is. 
what profession it is. If you're the top of your field and you're known as the top of your field, most people are going to respect that. If you're the best welder and it is known that you are the best welder in your industry, which is a lot more possible for you to become the best welder than if you did a profession that they wanted you to follow, right? Yeah. And you're happier. Yeah. And I think, I think it's so much easier to excel in things that you are really interested in and you're really invested in that make you like the reason I love going to work is I have a different puzzle to solve every day. I get to creative problem solve all day. I get to, I get to melt metal together and make beautiful things and it holds my attention like no other. And if I was, let's just say going to be a doctor that, that wouldn't have the same oomph to me. You know, I, I, it yeah. would have, I, I wouldn't be able to hold my focus there. And yeah. I would be okay at it. But and We don't want okay doctors. I yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I know so many, so many people that were my peers who went into like medical fields, like, like really important things. And they were like, ah, I guess I'll do this. And it's like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. But it's also, I believe it's the pressure of the schools and I would say the parents. And parents are, unfortunately, not all, but some are caught up in what their contemporaries think of them. So they live life through their kids. So they want to be able to say their kid went off and became a doctor. Their kid went, they want to be able to post that and tell everybody their kid's a doctor, their kid's a lawyer, as opposed to saying, hey, my kid's the best welder at what they do. I just... You know, how do you think we solve this? How do we, because one of the things I want to point out is you actually went back and taught at your school. Yes. And so I'm curious what that experience was like and what, you know, what was it like to go back? It was, it was weird. <laughs> First off, I, I am a small person. I am 5'2", and most of the high schoolers are taller than me. And that was a whole strange thing that I was like, I'm and in charge of you. But young <laughs> when you. And you look young. You know, I'm 23 you now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they they were age wise more like my peers, and that that actually gave me a huge advantage because they looked at me as someone who was just ahead of them in life, and they were like, "Okay, give me the scoop on like what's going on in the next step, really, because I am lost." And it it was a really useful tool because they could be real with me in a way that they didn't feel like they could be with real adults, you know. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. I had a lot of them confide in me that they were really nervous about the things that were expected of them going into a four-year school. And I said that I had gone to trade school and they were like, that's so cool. I wish I could do that. And I said, you can. And they were like, oh, but my parents and this and that. And I was like, I'm going to let you in on a secret. In five years, that's going to matter a whole lot less. And making big decisions that are going to affect the rest of your life Take it with a grain of salt. Like they're your parents and you love them and they they have what's best for you as a motivator, but they don't always know what is best for you because they aren't you. You're the only person who can say, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life or this is something that I'm passionate about or this is something that I feel like I can excel in. And I used to tell tell kids there is life is not linear. There is always more than one way to get to where you want to go. And if you try out a four-year school and you don't like it, you can always find another way to get to where you want to go. A lot of the people in my field who are in welding, in construction, went to four-year schools for theater. And I ended up in the same place as them at the same starting salary by going to trade school. 
because while they had a degree, I had certifications. And that set me apart from the rest of my peers because everyone and their brother has a, a, a BFA in, in theater arts or in, in theater tech. But not everyone who's in this field has certifications. And a lot of the kids that I, was ta- that I were talking to were theater kids. And this is the stuff that they wanted to do as well. And I was talking to them about it and I was like, it actually really gave me an advantage because in the theater industry, we have the most exceptions to OSHA regulations of almost any field. We hang heavy things above the audience and there are moving parts above actors' heads. And it's, it is a whirlwind of things that could go wrong. And People could die if, you don't, if you're not yes. careful. Am I correct in saying that? Yes, so Absolutely. Serious. Because we, okay. we hang tons upon tons of scenery in a fly system. And it literally takes what's on the stage and stores it above the heads of the actors. It is, it is right above wow. them. And in order to, to be able to work in, in this industry, you have to know what you're doing because you could, you could really hurt somebody. And I had been more or less working in theater since I was a kid. I know how to be safe in theater. I have theater training. But I also have a certification in welding. And that kind of set me apart because when they would want certified welders on a set, they would have to bring them in and train them, you know, this is how we do things. This is what you need to know in order to work in this space. This is our terminology. This is how. And they don't have to do that with me. And I got to the starting line a little faster than everyone else who I went to school with who was doing the same thing because I went to Georgia Trade School, which is like a three-month program for welding, and I immediately got my certifications, immediately started working in my field. And it made all the difference for me because I knew that that was the scenario in which I could thrive because a traditional classroom isn't a place where I feel at ease. That's not a place where I feel like I can really succeed and show what I've learned. Hands-on stuff is where, where I can really be like, I may not be able to articulate to you what's going on, but I can show you this and I can show you what I can do. Think about it. Why do you think YouTube is so popular now? You know, like, why do you think YouTube blew up? Because every time people want to learn something, they want to figure something out, they sit there and they watch a video. The way we learn now is very different from how we learned back in the day where people sat in a classroom, they wrote notes and people took notes. And most young people are not, they're not wired that way. Like, you're a creative, you craft, you build things, that's just who you are. And if we tried to put you somewhere else, you, you wouldn't be happy. You probably wouldn't do as good a job as you do. So people have to start. You need parents and educators to really, I would say, customized education, you know, because they try and do one size fits all. And, uh, you know, it just doesn't work. I just, I don't, you know, what's a shame is they need more teachers like you, you know, because yeah. I think you would really, now I'm curious what made you change your mind? Like, why did you go into teaching? Why did, I'm just kind of curious about, because that was obviously a change from what you were doing. Yeah, so uh, I actually got invited back to teach because okay. the theater department was under a lot of stress because they were they were in a, a situation where the technicians in the theater were doing the tech for all the dance performances, all the choral performances, all of any anything that happened on that stage in the theater. So like assemblies, any kind of performance that happened at the school would go through them. So they got overwhelmed and they were like, hey, we kind of need 
an extra hand for our musical this year because we want it to be really, really fun for the kids. We wanted them to be able to to showcase what they can build and we don't have the manpower to be able to focus on it. Could you come back and help us? And I said, yes, of course. Because, you know, I, I owe so much to that program and I feel like if other kids can experience the way that I experienced being able to to build things in a school because they don't have shop classes anymore. And theater tech is about the closest thing to a trade career program in a school as a lot of people can get. There are very yeah. few high schools that, that actually teach like wood shop anymore or auto or anything like that. So theater is is about the closest thing you can get to to trade uh, trade training. And so I immediately was like, yes, immediately yes. <laughs> yeah, no, and, that makes sense. No, go ahead. Is there a way? I'm just curious. Sorry to cut you off. I'm just thinking as you're talking. Is there a way where you could still do your career and still be able to be involved on that teaching side? Because I do see that as an opportunity. I think it's something you enjoy just listening to you speak. But it's you also enjoy what you're doing, your welding. Is there a way to kind of do both? Like maybe do one almost on a part-time consulting basis? Yeah. A lot of the, the, the times that I came back and taught, it was a teaching artist position. And okay. it's kind of like a, you know, a, a person comes in and teaches the class for a week. And it's really useful because that way the kids are like, okay, this is somebody who works in this field and didn't, didn't have to choose between teaching and working in the field. Because I feel like a lot of, a lot of people in like, let's just say sports, for instance, I knew a lot of kids who were like, I've known so many coaches, and so many people who worked in the school. But I don't know that many people who are actually doing like sports medicine, or I don't know that many people who are actually out there playing professional sports and can tell me what the field is like now, they might be able to tell me what the field was like when they graduated high school, but that's, it's kind of dated information. So it's, yes, it's a great tool to be able to use. And a lot of times I teach it, I teach at schools. I've taught at uh, like summer programs for kids that are doing theater tech as a camp. I've gone and done guest teaching stuff for them. I've done, you know, podcasts like this where I get to talk to, to people and kind of kind of spread the word. It's a nice little thing to sprinkle in there. And I also have an advantage because my boyfriend is a teacher. And okay, nice. so he can he can kind of kind of sprinkle in the hey. You put in a good word for yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> put a good word in for you. <laughs> you better, otherwise he's in trouble. <laughs> We have this joke that we did the stereotypical white picket fence couple thing backwards. He's a school teacher and I'm the welder. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, that is. I get it. I get it. Not not the stereo, not the typical stereotype that you would think. That's interesting. Yeah. So now he teaches back at the same school where where you were uh, going to school. No, he teaches a, a small private school in the, in, in the area, and okay. uh, he went to school for theater. That's where we met. We met in theater. Nice. And he is right now getting teaching experience because he has a bunch of theater experience. So he's getting teaching experience now so that he can get a job as a theater teacher. And so that'll be really cool because that way when he starts teaching theater, he'll have like somebody in his life who is in the field currently, and he'll be able to provide that like current information about the field that the kids will need. He can bring you in as a guest speaker anytime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that works out well. I love that because you need people who have that hands-on experience who can come in and just tell it like it is and talk about what's currently going on in the industry. That's why, that's why I kind of 
cut you off earlier there because I was like, oh, I can see where this works. This really connects. But you look like you're already doing it. And I think it feeds two of your passions because you strike me as somebody who's passionate. You enjoy going in and talking with these students. Yes. That, yes. That's something I, that's a, I got that sense. And so, but you still want to do your profession. That's the best of both worlds. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. And having the platform that I have online has really helped me with that too, because that way I can, I think one of the biggest things about getting the word out to the youth that they can go into the trades, they can, they can find a skill that they love and pursue it is the internet because a lot of them, they get done with their homework and they have like an hour before bed and that's what they're doing. They are vegging out on their phone, trying to just kind of decompress. And I'm in a unique position where I have that platform and a lot of young people, a lot of women on my platform and seeing someone who doesn't fit the I'm a big bearded man and I'm really gruff stereotype is very, very helpful. And I think it's kind of comforting because I am not an intimidating person (laughs) and I can, I can really be real with them and, and be like, you can, you can do this. You can be creative in this. You can pursue what you want to do. Yeah. It's amazing. You probably don't even realize how many lives that you've touched in people's lives you've changed with just what you're doing on TikTok, because you know there are young women watching you and they're being influenced. How does that make you feel? I, I, so I get, I get DMs from people occasionally who will say things like that to me, and I cry every single time. Every single time okay. I get a message like that, it just I, I will happy cry at the drop of a hat, and every single time. It just brings, it just brings so much emotion to me. Uh, and, you know, I... I feel like a lot of the peers that I talked to from high school, a lot of them have told me like I didn't feel like I could do that because I was scared of the response from uh, from my family. I was scared of the response from the peers at my uh, if I went to trade school. I was I was really intimidated because there's not a lot of women in that field, and I get to tell them there's a lot more now. And there, there has never been a better time to start because like, for example, I started working in this field. I graduated trade school two weeks before we shut down for the pandemic and we shut down for a little bit, but then we came back in like November. And since November of like 2020, I have worked with maybe three male welders and the rest have been women. Wow. It is a phenomenon in in the theater and film industry. There are so many women in this field. It's great. And it is a very supportive environment, too. And I was very lucky that I had that. But I also have a lot of friends who are women in, like, industrial welding. And, you know, you deal with with the odd when I was a boy, man. But for the most part, there's this overwhelming, like, you go girl attitude towards women in the trades now. And the culture really is changing. It's wonderful. Well, one, I'll tell you this. I've I've interviewed women in the trades and I've interviewed men in the trades. And correct me if I'm wrong, but women have greater skills at attention to detail. So they're better equipped to do welding. And, and this I've heard from men and women. So I've heard this message consistently. And we have a shortage of people in the trade. So why would you want to go piss off 
a, an entire group that's underrepresented <laughs> when you already have a shortage. It makes that makes absolutely no sense to me. And if I'm in charge of my business and you're a cancer to a whole entire group of people because you're stuck in the Stone Age, just, I'm getting rid of you. Oh, that's yeah. any smart business person. Like you're gone. This is 2023 now. Yeah, right? There's there's just no room for that nonsense. Yeah. Uh, when I was in trade school, there were a couple situations where new students would come in and there were there were guys who kind of had that like, like, oh, you're 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 a woman doing a man's job thing. And that got snuffed out very quickly in trade school. And it was definitely helped by the fact that, that the trade school I went to, Georgia Trade School, is there's a lot of women on staff there. Yes, and it was it was very Rhyme very much like we, yeah. you're you're not gonna you're gonna last long here if you have that attitude and <laughs> and there were there were several conversations that I heard of people like you need to stop that now because you're gonna be embarrassed later if you keep doing that. <laughs> it's true because at the end of the day, look, the work shows, you know, and if we know, like I just said before earlier, women are better at attention to detail, so they're gonna smoke. They're gonna smoke this you know, egotistical guy who doesn't get it, right? So, plus you get fired. Yeah. Employers don't have time for that. They know, we got work to do. You Why can't are you harass. creating hostility in the workplace when exactly. you're... Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And That's it's so, an easy, okay, you're gone. Yeah. <laughs> and I think <laughs> it's also weird that, especially with the attention to detail thing, you're, by doing that and being that guy, you're eliminating someone who has a different skill set than you in the same field. So like you can tag team a project and make it yes. better than if you had worked on it alone. Smart. Because if you do all of the, the heavy lifting stuff and I do all of the like really small attention to detail stuff, then we can get this knocked out super efficiently. Yeah. And that's been so great working in this industry is finding ways to work with people that maximize efficiency and quality of product. Haley, um, let me ask you something quickly. Are a lot of companies seeing what, what you just shared? Like, is this something that our company started to get that? What are you seeing? Yes. And especially when I graduated trade school, there was, they give a little, a little speech for each student because it's such a small school. And the thing that they were stoked about, about me was my attention to detail. And when, when they were talking about me, they made a comment about like, this is something that we see with a lot of our female students and whether it's just a natural born thing or it's because women feel like they have to work harder in order to be accepted we don't know, but we appreciate it no matter what. <laughs> it is is such a useful thing to have on your on your team. And I feel like a lot of companies are really getting that now. Yeah. Well, I can say just, you know, um, I look even my marriage, my wife is really good at attention to detail. I'm good at kind of just going out and just going and running and going and doing something and she's more observant and we compliment each other. So that's why I was like, yeah, I get that. That makes sense. And, and like I said, I've, I, some, one other woman I interviewed, oh, she went to Georgia. Uh, Christine, get, I'm, I'm bad with I'm names. <laughs> yeah, I'm bad with names, but she went to Georgia trade school and she said, cause women have small hands. I remember her sharing this and why am I mis forgetting her name? We'll talk about her name offline. I, I just, I can't remember it, but she said, cause women have small hands. They can get into small areas. And oh yeah. She was explaining the whole detail and I was like, oh wow, it's interesting. And uh, so, yeah, like I said, I heard that from women and men. And so I believe it to be true because I've just interviewed enough people who've all said that consistent message. Oh yeah. And like as as a very petite person, I'm I'm five foot yes. two. I am yes. small in stature. It has benefited me so much being a person with a different body type in a physical field. 
because yes. I could I can get in those tight spaces that my six foot two coworkers can't do. It's just That's not true. possible for them. And yes. so having people with different body types, no matter their gender, on your team is super mm -hmm. useful. It's great. <laughs> yeah. So I got to ask you, what's next for you? Like what's next on the horizon? What are you working on? What projects are coming up? What's going on with you for the future? Right now, so I just finished up working with Disney, which was really cool. I helped build the set for, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to forget what, what it's called, but it's Mickey's Holiday Extravaganza or something like that. It was filmed in front of the Cinderella's Castle in Florida. And it they didn't tell me it was going to be on a streaming platform at all. I just thought it was going to be a live performance. And I woke up one day and it was on Disney Plus. And that was a first for me. So that was really cool. And I got to show my family over the holidays. And they were all really, really stoked and proud. So that was a huge project. And that was, that was a lot of overtime, a lot of hours. And right now, I get to rest, which is really nice. <laughs> Well and earned. so now I'm focusing a little bit more on on videos right now and seeing the kind of growth I can make there. And, you know, that's a side hustle right now. And I didn't expect that ever to be ever to be something that was lucrative. But now I'm in a situation where it is and I am awaiting my next project, which is fun. I usually don't get the hey, this is what we're working on until I get there. So so we are on break now. And in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be going back. And I'm not sure what we're going to be working on, but I'm sure it's going to be really fun. And then in I think it's March, I get to go to USITT, which is a theater, a technical theater conference. And this year it's in I think it's Columbus, Ohio. And I get to go with my friend uh, who owns a company called Ninja. And they make tech theater inspired like like swag so they make like like t-shirts and hoodies and they also made a game a card game called techs against insanity and I it like is that. exactly what it sounds like and uh it's it's a wonderful fun little card game but all of it is uh tech technician themed stuff and so i get to go with them and have fun the tech theater conference and we're we're the the fun happy go lucky booth and i also get to go explore the conference and talk to potential employers and i get to learn so much about new tech and it's always a really fun time so i'm really stoked about that yeah. That's going to be a great experience. You're going to you're going to learn something and you're going to build some relationships. So oh, yeah. you can never go wrong and have some fun too. Oh yeah. Final question for you Haley. Imagine you have an opportunity to meet yourself. You're 10 years older. What would you ask yourself? So you're meeting Haley who's from 2033. That's 10 years from now. You're meeting her today. What would you want to know? I probably the first question I ask her is what steel toes did you find out work for you? Because I am having a, a crisis right now of figuring out what steel toes are, <laughs> are comfortable. <laughs> I probably ask, you know, I, I would want to know where I went from here. Because so far my life has just been a constant I wouldn't say roller coaster. Well, it could be a roller coaster. It's really fun. It's a little scary, but it's pretty fun. Yeah. But it's good. You're living. Yeah. And I would want to know, you know, where, because knowing myself, there's not going to be just like a straight line in any given direction. I want to know what are the weird things that I got into along the way. You know, I, I, I love cars. That's one of the reasons I got a hearse. I, I'm, I'm into oddball cars. I love, I love getting into good trouble. And yes. I'm excited for all of the stories that I'll be able to tell. 
So that would probably be the, the what I would ask her is just tell me one or two good stories of whether they ended up in failure or, or me excelling in something, weird stories that show my life. Because I don't care if I succeed or not as long as I have fun doing it. I like that. Nice, nice. Well, Haley, thank you so much for being a guest on the Skill Stadium Podcast. Please share how people can find you online. So my Instagram is that girl with the hearse. All of the spaces are underscores. Really easy. If you can't find me there, I have a TikTok. It's x.haley.rose.x. But if all of that is a little too complicated for you, if you search hearse, you'll find me. <laughs> no problem. We'll, we'll also have your information in the notes on the podcast because every podcast we have notes. So I'll make sure I put all your links in there. Cool. Haley, thanks again for being a guest. I wish you continued success and please keep in touch. Um, we've, we've, we've got to, I want to keep up with you and see what's going on. So please stay in touch. Absolutely. And thank you for what you're doing here. I, I think this is such important work and seeing people really try to get people interested in trades is just so near and dear to my heart. So thank you for what you're doing. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. I, I love doing it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Skill Stadium. It would mean so much if you left a review on iTunes and told your family and friends about the podcast.